some of you who are visitors you're coming in on the tail end of a series which is the i am what jesus said i am and there are seven of them in the gospel of john that i picked out this is number six so let's begin I've shown you this picture before where Jesus and his disciples were gathered together for what is called the Last Supper. And in that, Jesus in this picture, which is a very interesting picture because it catches them in the process of Jesus sharing. And he dips the bread into the wine and he shares it with the one who would betray him. That person Judas leaves the room. Some of you may have counted. I saw somebody a few weeks ago when I had this same picture up were counting how many disciples were there. There are 11, but actually there are 12 or the shadow of the 12th. In the upper left-hand corner, can you see that? That's the shadow of Judas leaving to go betray our Lord. That's at the end of chapter 13. Tension is rising and building and they feel it in the air, the disciples do. Something's happening. Something is about to happen. Have you ever had that feeling that something ominous is about to happen? Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But this was palpable. They could feel it. They could feel the apprehension and the fear in the air. Jesus said, one of you would betray him. And that person left. Peter declared that he would lay down his life for Jesus. But Jesus predicts within that day, actually what we would call early morning, but it was the end of the day of this evening. Before daylight, a rooster will crow. And what was happening in that upper room with Jesus beginning to share the most intimate things of his own life and concern, that he shares with them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to delve into what these three things mean and what impact they have for us as believers today. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus' first thing that he said to them, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You know, what was happening in the life of Jesus and his disciples at that time was the pressure, the pressure that was coming on Jesus himself. And the disciples were kind of sensing some things, but they didn't really understand the full impact. In fact, they might have heard rumors that the leaders were trying, seeking to find something that they could arrest Jesus and kill him. And so the disciples were at that point where it was troubling them. And in this verse that says, do not let your heart be troubled. This was a troubling time. 
time of testing for Jesus. Don't forget, Jesus came as a man to suffer in our place and trust his Father's will and plan. And it wasn't like, oh, Jesus can do that. Look at all the miracles he did. But it says he was troubled in his spirit. And in fact, not just in this passage that we'll read, in John 11, when Jesus shared that he was the resurrection. It says, John 11:33, when Jesus saw Mary weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and was troubled. Can you imagine? Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And not just in that verse, but also in 12, 27, and 28 of John, Jesus says, now my soul has become troubled. What shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour, Father. Glorify your name. And a voice came out of heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. And those who heard that voice thought it was an angel speaking sounded like thunder and then in chapter 13 when they were in the upper room jesus became troubled in spirit and declared one of you will betray me can you imagine what it was like for jesus to have to announce that to all the disciples and they spent some time lord is it i is it i would i do such a thing and I've shared that sometimes in our Christian walk, we come to that place where, Lord, I, I, I just denied you. I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to talk to that person I was sitting next to, and I didn't. We have those things in our lives, don't we? We missed opportunities. We were not obedient. Is it I? So... Let's read on. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. This understanding of the I am's is that the writing that was written here for us to read and then be translated into all of our different languages as I am comes basically not from the Greek correctly, in fact, the Greek can't really say the way that it was said in Aramaic or even in Hebrew. The Hebrew just says, I, me. But I am, in Greek, ego and emi. I am. And that is what we see John repeating over and over again 
in this gospel. Jesus said, if you had known me, you would have known the Father also. For now you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. In this single chapter, the name Father is mentioned 23 times in 31 verses. Father, 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 Father. That Jesus was speaking of his relationship, not independent as the Son, but resting and leaning on the Father. You know, Jesus taught us many things, but the one thing that is so unique to Jesus is his relationship with God the Father. And that is what we receive as adopted sons, redeemed sons and daughters. Yes, we can say God, and we know who we're talking about. In Japan, we say Kami, which is equivalent to God, the supreme being, but it has such hollowness. They don't know what they're talking about. And it means that Jesus came to give us definition, understanding of a relationship that we have with the Godhead through the Son to the Father by his Holy Spirit. That is how we then can say, Father, help us in this hour. Father, you are our defender. You are the one that gave us Jesus. You are the one that raised him from the dead. You are the one who has forgiven all my sins because of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, your Son, on behalf of all my sins and all of our sins and the sins of the whole world. That's the gospel. But it's through the Father. It's the Father that we have relationship with by Jesus Christ, who has shown us the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Can we believe that? That Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him. And then when we see and understand what Jesus has done for us on the cross, which he was about to do in this story in John. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. So the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will 
do it to the glory of God. Jesus is the way. And the other thing that is in this passage that I didn't delineate on this slideshow, but in this passage, I give you some homework. In John chapter 14, spend some time this week just going through and picking out the verbs that say, go, come, those words of action. They all have to do with walking, with proceeding on a way. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. We are on a journey. And the people of God in the New Testament were called the people of the way. And that harks back to the Old Testament. And the Old Testament telling us, showing us how to approach a holy, righteous God. And we've shown you many times the layout of the tabernacle. There was only one door, and Jesus said, I am the door of the sheepfold. There was only one way to receive forgiveness of sins. You could do all kinds of good works or try to be good, and there is nothing in us as sinful men and women, children and human beings. We cannot, we cannot live the Christian life. We need a savior. We need a lamb. And Jesus is the way. And there was only one door in the Old Testament. And there is only one door for us today. And that is through Jesus Christ. There is no salvation but through Jesus Christ. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it, Jesus says. I am the truth. I'm telling you the truth. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. And that is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, because he abides with you. And will be in you. This is a revelation of the three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working in concert, in unity, and bringing salvation to us all. And whoever believes in the name of Jesus Christ and confesses his sins, he will be forgiven and be received into the kingdom of God. That is our good news. It's simple. It's not complicated. And for us to make it complicated, we're just making it a higher bar. Well, you have to come to church. You have to do this and you have to do that. Really, Christianity is not a do religion. It is a believing faith. It is receiving, not doing. And that is the big barrier, I believe, here in Japan, is they look at us and say, well, how did they get to be such, wow, this is a good-looking congregation, and I, I don't feel welcome here, people might say. They all have 
peaceful faces and they sit there quietly listening to their pastor go on and on and on and they don't complain about it. <laughs> but what it actually is, is that we here don't just put on our best clothes, but we're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and the Father. And that's how we stand. Not in our good works of our own, but in his righteousness for me. I will not leave you as orphans, he says to the disciples, and he says that to us as well. I will come to you. After a little while, the world would no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Abiding, living in the way, the truth of what he has made us to be. Believe it. Don't let the enemy come at you and say, you're not really a Christian. You're not really belonging to him. No. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And that's what it's about. It's about living in him and his power, not in ours. And he's given us a helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth who dwells inside us. Have you learned to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are you learning to do that? That's how you live the Christian life. It's not by setting up the chairs on Sunday morning or taking the offering or even standing here preaching. It's not about that. It's about trusting in him and believing him that I have received the spirit of Jesus in my life. Judas, not Iscariot, there were two Judases. This Judas said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? You know, this guy Judas was pretty forward thinking, I, I would think, just by reading that. He says, you're going to disclose yourself to us, but what about the world? I like this guy. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Anybody give me a definition of abode? Do you ever use that word? It means to live. It means to live. We're living in his power, his life, his spirit. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Abiding is living. And Jesus said, I am the life. And these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, living with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things. Just like your mother, just like your father, teaching you all the little details of how to be a grown-up. He will teach you all things. And that doesn't mean just brushing your teeth or combing your hair. It means how to live as a Christian at school. How to live as a Christian with your family. How to be living in his life as a substitutionary life in you. That is living the Christian life. And you can start it at a young age or you can start it as an old person. <coughs> Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus understood trouble, a troubled spirit. He understands because he walked in the same manner that I live and walk, yet without sin. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. Who is the ruler of this world? Who is he talking about here? Satan, our arch enemy, the one who met our parents in a garden, and they were taken in by Satan. And that's how sin entered into the human race. Genetically, it's in our DNA. DNA discovery in the last, what is it, 15, 20 years, is an incredible marker. They can tell if you are really from New Zealand. I don't know how they do it, but they can trace it back. This DNA came from England, from Scotland. They can tell that. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commands. And then he says, get up, let us go from here. Last week we talked about, I am the resurrection and the life. And the verb that is being used for resurrection is anastasis. And specifically, it has to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his raising of us into that new life. It's exclusive. Otherwise, it is, like we said last week, it is being raised up. And this is the same word Jesus is saying, resurrect, resurrect, get up, guys, is what this is actually saying. Get up, let us go from here. 
And Jesus is saying, wake up. Like we talked about what it was like for Lazarus to be raised from the dead. He wasn't really dead. Yes, he was dead as far as his body began to decay. But he was a living soul that continues in all of us. Whether we believe in Jesus Christ or not, and we have died, our souls will continue to live. Not in the style in which we would want to choose. And the opportunity for us right now, in order to be able to really enter into eternal life, is by coming to Jesus Christ, who is the Savior of the world, and who died and went to hell and opened up the shroud of death that was around the earth. And as the firstborn from the dead, Scripture calls him, he opened the womb, the ability to be birthed after death. That is what he has done for us who believe in him. And we begin to live eternity now because Jesus is raised. We have already entered eternity. We are part of that plan. And regardless of what happens to you today or to me or to any of us who believe in Jesus Christ, is that when we are dead, we are not dead, dead. We are at rest, at sleep. And we are one day, it says, the dead in Christ will rise. And when he says, get up, it's going to be anastasis. That's what he's going to say. Here he is saying a word just Come on, guys, you've been sitting around drinking and talking here. Let's get up now. We're going out of here. And that's what we say to all of us that are believers here. You've been sitting here listening. Now it's time for us to get up and go out and to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ to everyone who will listen to you. Develop relationships with them because if, in fact, they come to believe in Jesus Christ, they will be with all of us who believe forever and ever and ever. That is the hope of we as believers. That is the gospel. That is what we're preaching. That's what we're teaching. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.